This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome to Browns Film Breakdown, brought to you guys by Harry's Razors. This is a Blue Wire podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, coming at you guys live from training camp. This is Jake Burns, writer for Cleveland.com, coming to talk to you guys about what is going on at Browns camp. So I have been here for a whopping seven total days now. We have had a uh, circocious number of things that have happened. Um, never a linear path in camp in terms of ups and downs. It has been days where the defense is won, days where the offense is won. The right guard competition is still going on hot and heavy. That is still a battle that we will see probably through the preseason. If we have talked to Freddie Kitchens multiple times, and he has said that nobody has taken control of that position yet. And that is one that the Todd Monken just gave us a little bit of information on, one that they're going to keep rotating Austin Corbett, Eric Cush, Kyle Kalis, going to be moving all of those guys around, trying to figure out which one will give this offense the best chance at right guard. So something to keep an eye on, and I will keep you guys updated. Any major injuries that have happened? None. We haven't had any. A popular question. We have had some guys miss practices for a multitude of reasons. Uh, it looks like today we had Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon out. Olivier has been out a little bit. There have been hamstring issues for uh, Duke Johnson, a groin for Kareem Hunt, and uh, some other little minor injuries like Damian Ratley, but nothing to write home about. It's been a really successful camp in terms of health, and the Browns obviously hope it'll keep going that way. There have been some veteran days off. There have been some practices where Odell Beckham Jr. has missed some of the team portions of camp, but nothing too crazy. They're going to give guys breaks here and there. This is the grind. This is still the week before an actual game week. The Browns go uh, tomorrow on Friday, then they go for the Orange and Brown scrimmage on Saturday. And then they jump into game week next week, which will include two practices leading up to the game that we, the public, will get to see on Monday, Tuesday, before an off day Wednesday, and then hosting the Redskins Thursday. Baker Mayfield started out a little rough, but he has come on in the past few days. Um, he especially had his best few three straight practices, in my opinion. Accurate pinpoint, all of those things you want your quarterback to be going into year two. He's taking control of this offense. I think people forget, and, and, and Mayfield alluded to this specifically, that this offense is going to be relatively new to him. I mean, although he worked with Freddie at the end of last year, it is still... Uh, you know, it is still a new offense that he is working through. Um, you know, the verbiage is different. It's more of what Freddie wants instead of kind of keeping this, uh, the, the former, you know, schemes and, and communications that were with Todd Haley. He gets his own offseason development. Todd Monken's a part of it. And Monken is, uh, just spoke with the media today. He's all in. He understands his role. He understands what they're searching for from him. There's some stuff to be cleared up on game day. But he said, 
as time comes, he will, you know, understand what Freddie is looking for him every single day, uh, especially game days, um, you know, what they're specifically looking for him to do, whether that's telling coverages, whether that's giving play ideas, whatever, he will be readily available for Kitchens. There have been some good questions about Sione Takitaki. He's been very physical, good football player. The biggest surprise for me on the defense has been Danny Aquale. He is considerably made strides at the backup shade position behind Larry Ogunjobi. They have committed to him. He had a tip ball interception today. He plays with a lot of energy, a good size guy. I think the Browns are going into this camp, uh, sorry, going into preseason with him and the idea that he will be a key part of that backup rotation at uh, interior line. So that's something to make note of. It does seem like as the ends go, Chad Thomas has struggled, got into a fight three days ago, has missed the last two days of practice. I know two days ago was a uh, mention for illness. I am not sure what he missed it today, but for a guy who's on the bubble like him, missing practices like this is not something that you necessarily want to see. Uh, offensively, uh, the, the biggest standout, I think people have mentioned this or have covered it pretty extensively, is Dontrell Hilliard. Um, Dontrell Hilliard has been everything you would want in a backup running back behind Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's been very consistent, looking powerful, looking like a better version of year one. But Dontrell Hilliard has come in and established himself. Very fluid in the pass game. Does not drop the football. He's, he's effective between the tackles when he needs to be and can, can do that on maybe a 5-10 to 10 carry basis in a game as any running back two would. So big exploding players, Dontrell Hilliard is certainly one that I would consider one of the big exploding players uh, at that position. Derek Willies has taken a lot of snaps with the ones as a sort of flex player who can play X or Z on the outside. He has made strides. He is, in my opinion, currently a lock. Uh, you know, barring an injury for the wide receiver five position. We'll see if they keep a wide receiver six on the depth chart. That would be a close race between Ish Hyman and Blake Jackson, both of whom have played really good football over the past uh, past seven days here that camp has gone on. But the top four locked in. Antonio Callaway had a really nice rebound day today. He's up and down as any 22-year-old second-year receiver might be. He's working behind Higgins, and uh, he's working behind Landry, and obviously Odell Beckham. Those four will make a pretty formidable group. Uh, David Njoku is your tight end one and has been so, and uh, he will continue to be. They'll keep giving him opportunities in the red zone, and uh, they just expect him to take another leap, become a player they can count on in both blocking and in the passing game, and I think he'll do a nice job for them. So uh, Demetrius Harris just left today with the concussion protocol situation. Might miss a game, but by the time the season rolls around, he'll be entrenched as your as your second tight end. So this is a uh, this is a good offense. They've played played well the past few days, and I think that they'll be every bit what everybody expected. They just got to get all all of the guys in unison, all of the guys in rhythm, and I think that will. Um, that will certainly come. Uh, Greg Robinson, I've had a chance to chat with him and write about him. Hopefully you've had time to look at those, making those strides at left tackle. It's tough to tell. A lot of people, a lot of you guys ask me about what the line looks like. Well, we're on the sideline as, as a part of the media, and we can't always tell what it looks like out there for the line. So the, 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 the big thing to pay attention to will be the actual preseason games when we can get a better view for what's going on out there. But we'll keep the depth chart updated, all of that. So I have two people I want to bring on to talk about how camp is going so far. I'm going to give you some of their risers, some of their fallers, some of the things they've noted. So we'll jump to those folks in uh, just a moment. Okay, 
Okay, so here with Robert Mays of The Ringer. Um, wanted to catch up with him. He's one of their lead NFL writers. Just uh, He's been here two days of camp now? Two days of camp. Two yep. days of camp. So just Hopefully wanted to... Hopefully tomorrow, uh, I think. Yeah, nice. Um, the weather's cooperating. The Hall of Fame game, It's uh, a lot of people are in this sphere of the world. Yes, so, uh, yes. I don't really have anything else to do tomorrow in the, during the day, so I might as well come back. Come back and watch some Browns practice. Yep. Um, so, yeah, just kind of like... Looking at, um, you know, you've been around, you've, you kind of travel all different mini camps, things like their training camps, you've been to Pittsburgh, things like that. What has kind of stuck out to you about perhaps this uh, this setup here that they have in Cleveland and what the team looks like for you? Uh, the setup is just fun. I really like the fans being right there. I think it's a really good kind of public atmosphere. You can tell everyone's excited. I mean, there's a palpable excitement and just anticipation around this team, as there should be. I mean, it's arguably the most exciting, entertaining, you know, uh, intriguing team in the entire league I, I, I can understand why just when I'm here I, I really love their 11 and 11 periods I really love just kind of how they let those guys play and it's kind of out in the open you can really watch it and the thing that jumps out I mean it's not going to surprise everybody but watching Baker Mayfield throw a football is unbelievable I mean I there's some guys that really stick out to you in terms of their overall arm talent like when you watch Mahomes or Rodgers mm-hmm. but Baker's ability to kind of place the ball where he wants and it, the way it just explodes off of his hand, it's just different to me. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's aesthetically just the way he moves. I really yeah. like because I think that's true. He's this compact motion and it's just, I don't know, it, it's it's really impressive and it's really just kind of gorgeous to see him play the position and, and that sticks out to me every single time I'm here. And I, I just, this team is it has most of what you want. I mean, it's one of those yeah. things where this team more than maybe any other in the league just about getting to the games it's about what do they actually look like when everything starts to unfold because you you can have all these projections you can have all these again just levels of excitement but it doesn't matter until the actual games start getting played and we see how the pieces fit together yeah yeah i mean that's the storyline stuff because that's kind of what i'm paying attention to is going into the year how does todd monken fit in with everything how does freddie tie into being a coordinator from going from coordinator head coach all of those things i think we've all talked about ad nauseum at this point but if you're like looking at this from a a national perspective someone who doesn't sit here every day cover the browns but you're looking at is sort of what fascinates you the most so like what part of it is it freddie is it odell is it is it sort of the way they've reshaped the defense like what part of it is most fascinating for you? to me it's how the offense looks with odell and with all of those pieces you know i think that you look at what monken did in tampa and even what freddie did a lot late last season yeah there's a lot of shared vertical aspects to their offense you have a lot of just guys really pushing the ball down the field just by virtue of route design on its own Mm -hmm. you know and I think that when you consider the pieces that they have and you can do that with Njoku in the slot you can do that with Beckham outside I mean look at you just think about this team like running four verticals with Baker Mayfield throwing the football it's crazy I mean that element to me is the one I want to see the most I know there are a lot of moving pieces on defense I think that their front four is somebody who loves trench play is going to be really enjoyable to watch and I think those pieces fit very well together but for the most part to me it's what does Odell Beckham do with Baker Mayfield and I think that when you consider the pieces and how they fit in the offense that it seems like these two guys want to run which Malkin said this today and I totally agree the idea that like they're like meshing these like different offenses together is very silly to me like that's they're all Fred, there. Every Freddie Kitchens every comes from a yeah. Bruce Arians offense yeah. where all they want to do is chuck the shit out of the ball. I don't yeah. know if I can swear. You can swear. Um, so it, and I think that that's exactly where Mocking wants to yeah. come from. So I feel like their value systems as coaches yeah. mesh extremely well. Yeah. So I, I do feel like that type of offense with this skill position group and with a quarterback who 
has a risk has a risk appetite that will go up against pretty much anyone's. Yeah. I just think all of those aspects together, I'm very, very, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun as hell. Well, that that kind of caveats into it's. There's a lot of excitement here, rightfully so. They've changed the they've changed the face of what this looks like to the public. It's sort of. Do you think a lot of people are high on them betting betting odds? Do you think that? They fin- do you think that they can get there? Do you yes. think so? You think they win the AFC North? I do. I think they're the best team in the AFC North. I think they win the AFC North. And one of those things, and you know, one of the old kind of rules of thumb in this business is to never think you know somebody after talking to them for ten minutes. But uh, I, everything I've seen from Freddie Kitchens and everything I've known about him from guys that I've talked to in the past and being around him in Arizona a little bit, he's such the right person to deal with this group of people. I think there might be an argument that he's a little passive if, if the yeah. time comes for Odell Beckham to be talk to or whatever i think all that's overblown but i do feel like he has the right temperament to be the person to kind of allow these personalities to work together to just mesh together it's i feel more confident walking away today about where this team is going just based on their ability to coexist than i did two days ago okay last question very important question to me you have one pick to pick a browns player for fantasy you can obviously take a plethora of different options, but who's your guy that you leave today thinking, man, that guy's going to have a big year, got to get him on my fantasy? Beckham, because I think that even if he's going to be drafted high, I still feel like he won't be drafted high enough. I mean, if he's the fourth, I'm not sure what the rankings look like right yeah. now, but I assume we're looking at Hopkins, uh, Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. and I assume that Julio, yeah. uh, Julio is going to be in that yeah. conversation, and I'm likely um, Antonio Brown is going to be in that conversation. So if you can get Beckham as the fifth receiver in your league, yeah. I think that he could be the number one skill position player score in the NFL this year. Yeah. So even if you're, it's not to, you're not saying uh, he's a first round pick that you're not telling me anything or a second round pick, that's you yeah. can still get value out of that pick. If a guy is the number one player at a position and you drafted him fifth at that position, that's still value even if he's a name. I need Yahoo or somebody who does this to sort of go into it and look at how much this Northeast Ohio region overpays for Browns players. Because we, oh, haven't, yeah. had, we haven't had a fantasy oh, yeah. aspect oh. in so long that it's like it'll be oh, interesting yeah. to me to, if they could study how much Northeast Ohio overpays for getting oh, all these Browns players. You're not going to get any Browns in your fantasy no, draft. I, I Hopefully I will be. I have Nick Chubb in my keeper league, and I'm very much looking forward to it. So. My $200 will be gone in three picks. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> There's no way you're going to do it, but for the rest of the country, you guys will be right. right. Robert Mace, thanks for your time, yeah, man. I really appreciate man. it. Look forward to following you this Thank year. Thank you. Appreciate right, it. But before we get over to our guests, I want to talk to you guys about what's going on with Blue Wire's partnership with Harry's Razors. We want to make sure you guys, our listeners, are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set that includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lather shave drill, travel blade cover. You get all three for just $3 shipped right to your door. So enough with the cheap razors. Get out there. Get out there and try Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining simple, clean design, quality, durable blades, and they put them at a fair price. Harry's founders are tired of overpaying, got themselves a blade factory in Germany, and they've been making blades for over 95 years. So get with them. Get with Harry's. Give them a shot. All you got to do, three bucks. Join the 10 million who have tried harrys.com. Again, that's harrys.com slash bluewire, and they will take care of all of your raising needs. All it costs is $3 to redeem that awesome travel trial set. All right, over to our guests. All right, so I'm here with Jake Trotter, ESPN's new Browns reporter covering the Browns, moving up from Oklahoma, right? I thought you were going to shake my hand, but the, oh, this, is, this, hands was, too many this is audio only. Yeah, 
Yeah, I moved from uh, Oklahoma City a couple of weeks ago, two days before training camp began. So excellent timing, but trying to settle in. It's been fun uh, watching this team. There's a lot of excitement that you can feel up here in Cleveland, and it's, it's fun to be a part of it. So you covered Mayfield, Oklahoma days. Texas Tech days. Texas Tech days. You yep. go way back. Way back. Even Lake Travis or not Lake Travis? Did you talk to him there? Not Lake Travis. So, okay. you know, Baker was not a big-time recruit that's, coming out of Lake right. Travis. Is that's, It's been well documented. That's, that's Garrett Gilbert. Unlike Garrett Gilbert, yes. who was like a five-star uh, quarterback. So, uh, I, you know, the first time I'd heard of Baker was in 2013. You kept hearing about this walk-on true freshman from Austin mm-hmm. who was lighting it up in seven-on-seven seven, mm-hmm. uh, in Lubbock. And... Uh, there were some other factors that I think helped him. You know, Michael Brewer uh, had a, uh, a back injury that summer. And Davis Webb, yeah. who was a scholarship quarterback now with the, uh, the Jets, um, he actually had an illness where he lost 30 or 40 pounds apparently. So um, uh, I think that helped create the opportunity for Baker to where these, you know, Cliff Kingsbury and his staff could see this guy. And, man, he could he could really sling it when he got his chance. So, so you – you saw Baker. You knew Baker from a young age, early 20s, 19, 20, 21, 22. Now he's 24. Now you come up to Cleveland. You you kind of watch from afar his first year. But now you're in the face of him. Is he the same guy, or do you feel he's a little different, a little older, a little more mature? I think he's the same guy. The, the difference for me is that he is like a megastar now. Mm-hmm. And even though he won the Heisman at Oklahoma and was an All-American and played in the playoff, you know, he was not as big a star as he is now. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I don't want to say LeBron James of Cleveland, but he's, like, the next level down from there. Yeah. So just coming up here and, like, Baker Mayfield jerseys everywhere. And, um, you know, you come to these practices and you see all the fans chanting his name all the time. And <laughs> it's it's just crazy because, you know, the very the – very, I covered his very first game yeah. uh, when he played when he played Garrett Gilbert. Gilbert was at a LSU, uh, Texas Tech. And I remember when he transferred – uh, or announced he was transferring. I think I was like the only person that really wrote about or really? interviewed him for it because wow. it wasn't that big of a story at the time. So yeah. just seeing him go, go from that point to now where he's, I don't know, like top five, top 10 jersey sales yeah. right yeah. now. I think I, I read that the other day. Um, one of the biggest stars in the NFL. It's been pretty cool to see. So, um, you know, most people who listen to this podcast or or, or follow the Browns, didn't just start following the Browns. You yeah. have fresh eyes. You don't know any of the trouble that has happened here before in terms of what players have struggled with or what they've been good at. So I'm always interested in perspectives. Um, and it's rare that you get someone that you talk to that hasn't really, because you've been so focused on the college aspect for so long, that like the NFL happens, and especially Cleveland, who's been obsolete or in the obscure part of the NFL up here in Northeast Ohio, so far away from you that you probably didn't watch much other than maybe some Baker stuff because you're interested. But like, who has caught your eye from the good perspective first? From the Browns? From the Browns. Well, I mean, to what you were just saying, like, I haven't viscerally experienced all the losing. So, I mean, yeah, I knew 0-16, mm-hmm. and I knew, like, the quarterback situation was a mess. And, you know, a bunch of college guys that I've covered have come out here and, um, you know, maybe not fared so well, whether yeah. it was Johnny or, or Brandon Weed and guys like that. So Colt McCoy was another one. Um, RG3, I keep going, right? a lot. There's, I, there's a lot a of lot. Big 12 quarterbacks that are coming to my mind uh, who have played for the Browns. But so, I mean, like from my perspective, um, I don't carry that any of that baggage just because it's not been part of my life. Yeah. And all I saw Nick Chubb do was just run for a million yards in college and play for a national championship. Um, all I saw Baker do was go to the playoff yeah. twice. Yeah. All I saw Denzel Ward was be a dominant corner in college and go to the playoff. Like yeah. these guys have won 
at their previous stop. So sure. I don't know that they bring the baggage with them as well. As young a team as it is, new coaching staff, you know, new front office, relatively new front office. Like, I don't know how much of a carryover there is. I sense it with the fans, though. Sure. There is this, like, weird combination, like, unbridled expectations, anticipation combined with, like, this ominous, fatalistic uh, uh, attitude about That's this team. That's a great team. way to put so, it. So, yep. um, like... When I look at this team in practice and on paper, like they should be really good. But I, I think a lot of Browns fans, just because they've been punched in the gut so many times, feel like just kind of in the back of their minds waiting for it to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that sense is always there. Even, like, as you hear someone like me who was a fan and then has started to work his way into covering this stuff, trying to become more objective, lose less of the subjectivity, it is hard. It is hard for me to sit here and talk to people like yourself. I talked to Robert Mays earlier, and they're like, I love this team. And you're like, well, should you? Because, like... <laughs> oh, maybe that's... Like, and that's maybe because, like... Well, I mean, listen, I, I want the Browns to do well. Sure, it's good sure. for my career if they do well. But if sure. they don't win, I'm not going to lose any no. sleep. I'm, I don't have the emotional attachment that a fan does. So sure. maybe I can be more objective that way because I'm not waiting for the bad thing to happen. Okay, well, let's talk about that objectiveness. On the field, we've been since this day seven. They're all running together. Day seven. They are. They are. Who, who has caught your eye on the field? Who's jumped out to you that you think is going to be, other than the obvious? We know Odell. We know We know. Baker, we know Richard Higgins is even taken. I probably stole that one from you if you're going to say Richard, but like I was not. So okay, so who's your guy? Who who are two or three that have jumped out to you? Okay, so the guy that this is not necessarily who the best player is, yeah. but a guy who I think has exceeded expectations and maybe had a really good camp based on you know his you know his puncher's weight. Derek Willie's a wide receiver. Okay. I I, feel, I don't know that he was on the inside looking out coming into camp. I think he was maybe six, seven, yeah. eight, yeah. nine. On the receiver pecking order, I think he's fifth. Yep. Uh, I think probably fifth right now, yeah. which means he's going to make the team, which means he's going to play. And, you know, I remember, you know, Willie's uh, coming out of junior college was the number one Juco wide receiver in the country, signed with Texas Tech. They had this guy by the name of Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, uh-huh. and they thought Willie's was going to be a superstar for them. Yeah. And there was this viral video where he was, I don't know how much weight he was carrying uh, in terms of dumbbells doing box jumps. We've you know, it, this video um, went viral, and you thought, man, this guy's going to be really good. He's got Patrick Mahomes and just never could stay healthy. Yeah. What has been the issue at the Browns? Can't stay healthy. He's healthy now. He has been consistent. Like, every day he's had a good practice. First-team reps, too. A lot of first-team reps. Yep. And, and that's been recent. Like, yeah. that didn't, he didn't start out that way. And I just think, you know, I don't know that he's done anything, like, overly spectacular. No. But just every day, good practice. Derek Willis, there he goes. There's something, yeah, there's something to lining up right, running the right route, being there every day and practicing. Because, like, Damian Ratley was, if you're talking about the guy who was probably fifth coming into this, it was Damian Ratley. He has a good day the first day. I think it was one-on-one. great day. Hamstring. Had a great day, yeah. He's yeah. been hurt since. And that's created an opportunity for... There's a massive uh, trash truck following over here. So the holiday quality might not be great. But we're out here. We're trying for you yeah, guys. Yeah, right. So, um... Anybody else offensively jump out to you? Uh, I think Dontrell Hilliard has, has. It's another guy who's had some opportunity because of injuries. Kareem Hunt's out. Duke Johnson's out. I mean, mm-hmm. they had to sign a running back just to get through practice. And um, I think his versatility fits in well. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, you know, he can make plays in the running game. So uh, I think that's another guy that you know is looking like he'll be a big part of this team this year, even after Duke comes back. Maybe not when Kareem comes back, but I think between now and then you feel pretty good about that running back situation uh, regardless of the unknown with Duke and, you know, his trade request and, and Kareem, you know, having to uh, uh, serve the uh, suspension. So 
Uh, those are two guys that have stuck out to me. I think some of the other receivers, you know, have, have had their moments, whether it's Blake Jackson, Blake Jackson, um, you know, Ish Hyman. Yeah. I mean, who else am I forgetting? You know, no, that, she has had a couple plays. So, uh, but that, that's kind of what sticks out to me. Yeah, if they keep six receivers, that battle for five, I think the battle for five is done. But if they keep six, the Blake Jackson, Ish Hyman debate is interesting. And Radley can get back in it if he, he gets he healthy. Can. It's like the worst time of year for him to have an injury. So I don't, I don't know, because you look at it and you're like, Derek Willie's just kind of like, I just feel like he's secure. I don't know. It's probably it gives them to... a different element he than does. what they like. He is body he, type. He is just like a guy you can throw the ball up to, and you can right. obviously throw it to Odell. But um, you know, he's just bigger. He has a bigger frame than yeah. some of the other receivers. Yeah. So that's interesting. I hope I hope Ratley has a chance to come back maybe later in the preseason and prove his worth. But there's four guys for two spots there. So that's going to be fascinating. I get this question a lot, and I hate it because I can't answer it. I need you guys to understand we're on the sideline, so I cannot tell you how offensive line play is going. To an extent, no I can see the tackles, but even then, it's like. You don't know what's going on the backside. You don't know what's going on detail. It's really hard. So we don't always have great insight. And it's kind of the same with, like, linebackers. And even, like, if you're looking at the far side of the field, the corners are hard to see. So, like, I'm telling you, if you come to watch practice, guys, you'll see it better than we do because you're up in the stands and you have a better view. But from your perspective, Jake, anybody defensively that has caught your eye, I know it's hard because they can't really fully tackle. It's all congested in the middle where things are happening, linebackers, D-line. But – Anybody that jumps out to you on that? So side? the one thing about the offensive line, you can tell when it goes really wrong, right? Yes, and that and that has happened quite a bit. With, yeah. And I think that's more about the defensive line yeah. than maybe any shortcomings offensively up front. Now that's going to be the big question with the offense: is can they protect? Yeah. Can they get the running game going with Chubb? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, you know, out, outside of Batonio, there's no like you know all pro, uh, you know, caliber player up there, and, and some guys getting really their first opportunities, particularly at right guard. Um, so uh, the defensive line has been great. Um, you know. Coming into this situation, you kind of hear like a lot of, oh, like Joe Schobert, like can't, you know, he's, you know, he's not going to be part of this team. He's from a different era. Yeah. I've actually been kind of impressed with him. Like he's played well. Like I think he's been really solid. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's like a weakness with this team. Whereas coming in, just reading stuff and listening to stuff, you kind of thought maybe uh, that that would be a problem spot for them. Uh, You know, Greedy Williams, uh, you know, I think he's going to be spectacular with Denzel Ward here. I mean, I know it's soon, but you just you you can't overlook the uh, the talent. Um, And I think that he could have a similar trajectory where you know he's in there pretty early opposite Denzel. I think it's it's interesting because during this time of year, the overwhelming majority of Twitter or conversations are positive and rightfully so. It's like the beginning of every year. It's like my team could win 10, 12 games, whatever. But do you think there's – I mean, the only thing that I've noticed that I feel a little bit da- – there's two things. Antonio Callaway kind of bothered me at first, but I've put it into perspective. What, did it, tw- what, what bothered you? So he's 22. Yeah. I, I was bothered by the fact that he was getting second and third team reps. Well, now you found out why, right? Well, yeah, so he's a little bit – Todd Monken mentioned that he came in out of shape, which is odd and paradoxical compared to what they said in OTAs and minicamp, which are like, this guy looks different, his body looks different. But they said he's out of shape. I did must think have been he, a rough June It must have been a rough June. So – he had a better day. I thought he actually popped and looked like the Antonio Absolutely. Callaway today, which is good. The only other question I have is they're still pursuing defensive line interior help behind the front line. It does seem like Danny Aquale, this number 96, is what you'll see him in preseason. He's from Washington State. He's a big fella. He's going to be the backup at Shade. Didn't produce much at Washington State. Sort of an under after free agent. Was on the practice squad last year. Had the suspension in the last four games for... I think a substance uh, substance situation. I'm not sure, but it does seem like he's there. It does seem like they're going to play Trevunka. Are you okay 
with this defense? Or do you think they're going to try to play the waiver wire after uh, some cuts? I think they're going to play the waiver wire. Okay. I think that, that that's a position they're clearly looking to upgrade. Now they were trying to upgrade with you know all pro guys. It's like Bob Builder's trucks going on around. Well, I mean right now. we're in Berea. There's a lot of trucks a lot around of here. Trucks. Um, yeah, I think they're clearly trying to upgrade that yeah. uh, position. Now I don't, you know, Gerald McCoy, Mike Daniels. I don't think they're going to get that caliber player unless they make a trade. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you look at the like Coley was in there today mm-hmm. for Richardson who was out. Uh, I don't even know if they announced what he was what he was out with, but um, like I minor, it seemed like maybe a veteran deal. Yeah, I don't know. he was on the bike. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I, I think it's clear that defensively, uh, when you look at depth. Interior defensive line is where they have problems. I mean, they just don't have anybody who's really that established. Yeah. And, um, you know, re- receiver, we're talking about receiver, uh, running back, they've got a bunch of guys. Let's uh, talk about the real situation okay. I'm most worried about, kicker. Yeah, Do you gosh. think the answer is here? Greg Joseph can have days where he kicks like a kicker that looks like he belongs. He'll kick five for five when they do special teams drills. Then they'll do live periods where they'll say, 30 seconds on the clock, we're down two, move the ball twice, run out there and kick a ball from the 40-yard line, and he just shanks it. So, like, Austin Seibert, who you covered Oklahoma, has been really bad. They took him in the fifth round. I'm just going to put it to you guys as honestly as I can, and I would tell him this if he was in front of my face. He hasn't been good enough. He's missed way too many kicks and been way too inconsistent. Do you think, as you sit here today, it's August 1st, when it comes to September 8th, is the kicker on the roster? Or do you think they're going to really have to go out and get somebody? I think I think it's too soon to have that level of panic. Okay. I, and it has been bad. I mean, like, you know, it, it, particularly when they've been high leverage-ish situations, you know, yeah. where – uh, you know, two-minute drill, run the team on the – it's been bad. Um, you know, Cyber, like, you know more about Joseph than I do, and, and I know more, more about Cypher, uh, or Cyber just from my, you know, previous stop. Yep. Uh, you know, Cyber wasn't in a lot of high-leverage situations because OU was usually up, like, 58 to 10 on people. and um, But, like, there were moments where he needed to make a field goal, like in overtime against Georgia in the Rose Bowl and got the kick blocked. And I can't even remember, what, like, if the kick was low or why it got blocked. I just know it was a short field goal yeah. that got blocked. And, they, you know, they, they, that's the difference between maybe winning a national championship and not. And, you know, that might be the difference in the Browns making the playoffs uh, and not. Like, he's he's got all the tools. Like, he yeah. can make every kick that you would want in an NFL-caliber kicker. But, um, you know, the question is mentally, where is he right now? And this could this could spiral because it has been bad. You can feel it in, in the stands now. Because these these fans are watching, you know him miss all these kicks, and um, you know Freddie put it yesterday. You know, just kick to kick, forget kick to kick, just day to day. You know, mm-hmm. put it behind you and come out and do better the next day. And um, yeah, and you know, special teams coordinator Mike Prefer said they're they're going to create high leverage situations for their kickers. They're going to put the pressure on them, and so that's an opportunity for for Cyber to turn it around. At the same time, it's also an opportunity for the, this thing to really spiral on him. So I, I yeah. Ask so if, me, they, if they go out there on Saturday at first thing you say, Orange and Brown scrimmage, if they continue to miss kicks, like you said, it starts to get it, a little so nervous. So at ask that me point. about ask me this again Saturday night. I have a better answer. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Jake Trotter's covering uh, right, the Jake. Browns for ESPN. Follow him. He's going to give you guys the best coverage you can find. Um, yeah, just 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 get with him. You guys got questions about camp? He'll try to answer those the best he can. But he's going to give you insights every single day. So that's it. Uh, coming at you guys here on Browns Phone Breakdown. This has been live. The audio quality has not been great, but you know that that's what happens when you're live at a place. I appreciate you guys. Follow along. We will come back next week, giving you more camp insights. Talk about the scrimmage. Get you ready for the first training camp. Or sorry, preseason game. So um, yeah, follow along, like, subscribe, like you guys do on 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 on. Uh, 
on iTunes, all of those things. Listen to us on SoundCloud, all of those great platforms. And we will be back next week with more insights from training camp. This has been Jake Burns for Browns Film Breakdown, and go Browns. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.